There are shows with psychics. And there are shows with doctors. But there's no show like the psychic and the doc. Your practical paranormal power unleashed. This show synthesizes the talents of world-class medium Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, psychic explorer, and street-smart spiritualist, behavioral psychologist, Dr. Pat Basili. All subjects are on the table, and no topic is taboo. Inspiration, insight, action, and fun as Mark Anthony connects callers with loved ones in spirit. In tandem with Dr. Pat's fresh, no-nonsense, street smart intuitive insights and she is hilarious extraordinary problems require extraordinary solutions which may come from this side or the other side this is the psychic and the doc and And it starts now wow welcome everybody um excited to be here tonight with my amazing co-host the one and only dr pat basili how you doing tonight dr pat yeah pretty dang good just saying and let me tell you and we have a great show lined up tonight uh today as everyone knows is thursday april 14th and tomorrow is not only the dreaded april 15th but it's also the first day of Passover. And our guest tonight, Jacob Cooper. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean the dreaded April 15th? Well, that's a tax day. Everybody's oh, got to oh, pay oh, their taxes. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. It's the 14th where, hi, Bill. Hello. Can you please extend year number one, two, three, and four again for me? That's what it is for me. <laughs> Well, I'm you know, not, when I'm you, not when a you, procrastinator for real. I'm not. Well, when you ask a, a scientist, you know, <laughs> what's two plus two, they'll say four. When you ask an accountant, what's two plus two? And he or she will say, well, what do you need it to be? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, then when that, you, and then when you ask a lawyer to step up and say your accountant just said that, they'll say, plead the fifth. Plead the fifth, and we disavow all knowledge, and we had nothing to do with the sinking of the Russian flagship in the Black Sea today. Oh, did I say oh that? My, oh my, oh gosh, my gosh! Oh my! Oh, please don't. Yeah, I, you know, I, oh. I take no, no, uh, no consolation in in the suffering of others, and you know, I just wish that uh, the way of in light now, would now come and through, and yeah. this violence would stop. But on a more esoteric, metaphysical level we have an incredible guest tonight jacob cooper and um he's he's jacob's a perfect guest for a lot of reasons tomorrow starts passover and he was raised in an orthodox jewish family but he had a near-death experience as a toddler which has influenced and shaped the direction of his life and like many NDEers, jacob believes in service to humanity in fact, he's devoted his life to helping people. He's a clinical social worker, a certified Reiki master, and a certified hypnotherapist who specializes in past life regression therapy. Jacob has written an incredible book, Life After Breath, and I'm very honored to have uh, endorsed uh, his book. So without further ado, welcome to the psychic and the doc, Jacob Cooper. Hey, Jacob. Hey, an honor to be your guest. Thank you. Hey, got a burning question right out of the gate. Bring it. (laughs) 
So I was reading. So you were born in the Northeast, like New York or Boston, New York, like in not like New York, but but in New York. I was raised in Long Island. That's what I I was just going to go there. Uh, I was just going to give you a Long Island. I'm I'm a little too comp for the city, so you figure either upstate or Long Island. But yes, born yeah. and raised here. So. I I could see you like Long Island, like surfing out there at the end of that Long Island thing. I could I could I could see moments I, of that. You know, I like I like the water. You know, that's that's a good part about yeah. here. You know, so and it's always good to be by water. It's good for spirituality, intuition. You know, so oh, do I know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pack up your bags and move to Seattle. That's what you do. More water than you can imagine, whether it's out there or pouring down from the skies. Uh, Great to have you, Mark. We've got a great lot to talk talk about here, right? We do. I mean, there's so many different directions we can go in. But because it's Passover, and and, um, I know that, Jacob, you have spent quite a bit of time in Israel. um, And you lived there for a while, didn't you? Yeah, you know, about a year, you know, I took a gap year um, after high school and I, I lived there and studied there. And it was just a transformational year on my in my life path. It really was. But you, know. you lived in a in a place that is famous for a uh, a biblical yeah biblical hero so to speak can you tell us about that yeah no i lived in the same town where if you're familiar with samson who in judaism was called a nazir like someone who was you know wasn't cutting his hair and you know stuff like that he was like a real kind of like um trying to put like a real warrior and he would he would take on all kinds of you know no one could really take on this guy he was such a force uh, but I lived in a place called Beit Shemesh. Beit in Hebrew is house, and Shemesh in the Hebrew language is sun. So it's the house of the sun. And I think, you know, outside of learning a lot, one of my biggest accomplishments was getting a great suntan when I came back home. <laughs> you know, sir, you know, it's like uh, I was bathing in the inner light and the outer light there, you know. So mm. it was it was wonderful. Um, oh. But... That, you know, when I traveled in Israel, I went to the the town where the for familiar with it, the Kabbalah or or yeah. the origins of Jewish mysticism yeah. was birthed. Um, it's a town called Safad, if you're familiar with it, which is kind of like higher altitudes in the mountains. But you know, really, a lot of the quote unquote occult tools that we use, you know, whether through tarot or astrological stuff, is you know, a lot of that is rooted in in the you know Kabbalistic teachings. So it's a very deep um, yeah. part of Judaism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's increasingly phenomenal and insightful, especially if we take a look at it in the current times we're living in. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. different than what it originated because it was for kind of like a PhD type, uh, you know, student. You really had to learn <laughs> the Old Testament inside and out and understand the rules, but and they would have hesitancy about people diving into it because it was very powerful teaching. But now, you know, we're seeing online courses in the city for it. So, you know, today it's it's a different accessibility than it once was. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you a pop culture trivial and, you know, Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just have to say Madonna did more to make us more aware i mean think about it you know pop madonna pop culture madonna 
yeah. really opened the door for a lot of people to say it's okay to explore this because the dogma of religion will say to you it's not okay. Yeah, well, she's not very okay. true to her sign in Leo. Like she's just like a free spirit <laughs> and she was very much about empowerment and being true to yourself. Um, a big advocate for LGBTQ rights before oh it was popular. So uh, a real groundbreaker. I got to give her credit. No, so. Yeah, I'm waiting for the comeback. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think um, I don't think Madonna is ever going to fade away. No. Um, she has been a trendsetter for, for so long. And um, but we were talking earlier today. I, I gave Jacob a call, you know, because I, I met Jacob a few years back at the International Association for Near Death Studies. And, you know, so over the years, we've we've sparked up a, a friendship and I called him and, you know, I said, well, you know, tonight's uh, uh, the, sh the evening before Passover begins. And Jacob, you said something really, really interesting about an analogy between a near death experience and Passover. And I mean, that I, I was uh, very impressed. And, and could you share that with our audience? Absolutely. I mean, even the root word pass over has, uh, you know, a little bit of a similarity with the near death experience in the sense it has, you know, when you pass over. But, you know, the root word had to do with, you know, at the time the Israelites, you know, were, you know, in Egypt and they were in bondage, you know, with with Pharaoh. And the Israelites were the descendants of, you know, Jacob and Joseph, you know, who was, you know, Pharaoh's astrologer. And they, you know, lived, you know, there in Egypt, but they were in bondage. And, uh, you know, what happened was, is Moses, you know, was a shepherd, I guess, and he had a vision of a burning bush, you know, and they, as they say, God or whatever you want to call it, told Moses to speak to Pharaoh and ask, let my people go. And Pharaoh said no, but then eventually the plagues kind of came, you know, to you know, Pharaoh and, and stuff like that. And finally, he said, I'm going to let you go. But then once they were about to leave, they had to rush where the theme of the matzah or the unleavened bread is there because they had to rush to make their bread. So that's where the custom comes from. But as, as they were about to, to leave, Pharaoh, you know, was chasing them. And then they say, you know, the Red Sea split and it kind of swallowed up all of the, um, the word is Mitzrim, but that means Egypt, you know, Egyptians. Uh, but in a sense, a lot of the Jewish history is that in a nutshell, where your back is against the wall, there's no hope, you're oppressed, and then there's a light, there's uh, freedom. And I think the same thing with many other near-death experiencers in mind, too, where you're finding ultimate salvation, ultimate life, where there is none. And, you know, so there is a lot of uh, uh, parallels uh, between the two, you know, finding you know, life within the absence of it. And uh, as well as trusting in the light, because Passover is a holiday of faith. And I think once the Israelites were able to trust in God's commandments and follow them, and they had to, I think, sacrifice a lamb and put that blood over the door, that's where the word Passover, God protected and passed over the homes, is when they were able to really have salvation. So near-death experiencers surrendering themselves to oh, that boy. light and letting go um, over the pain, you know, is a liberating component that's in both. Mm. You, you, know, know, you know, go ahead, Dr. Pat. I, I just want to comment for a minute about the way you wrote the book, because 
I've been doing this for a while, and there are a lot of books that I pick up and I read, and they read almost like I'm getting ready to write my dissertation. <laughs> but I have to tell you, I hung on every sentence. Oh. I mean, I followed this story, and as a matter of fact, I didn't even, by the time I got to page 20, I'm crying. Mm. Now, I don't know if there was something energetically, but I will say this, the beautiful way and you and and the reason i'm commenting is because you speak that way see energetically there's something in your soul that has allowed you to express to a world in a way that we could all experience the possibilities of this level of transformation <laughs> and i didn't know it until i heard you speak yeah putting all the joking aside but just hearing you chat with mark right there it was really clear to me that as i was reading this especially about the covenant Mm, mm. I, I'm a little bit different, and, and Mark will tell you this. Not all near-death experiences happen in this way. Sometimes they happen where you don't even know that happened. Mm. But when you get back from the emergency ward and months of testing and electrodes hooked up to you and people telling you they think you're on the spectrum, all of a sudden, you stop doing everything you were doing in your life and you make a different path. But the way that you describe this, just the language and the beauty of it, it allows people to relate. Mm. And that's what I, I wanted to say. Go ahead, Mark. I just wanted to comment about that because this kind of awakening and so many people feel guilt and shame and their parents and their friends. I mean, they don't know where to go with this. Mm. I hope they read your book. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, it really is. It's like you're putting your hand out and you're holding your hand out, an open hand, and you're saying, come with me. You're okay. Mm. I, I agree because um, your book, Jacob, uh, Life After Breath, you're putting yourself out there. You know, you're opening your heart, you're exposing mm. yourself, um, your, your innermost spiritual journey to the world. And, you know, I, I know what it's like, and Dr. Pat knows what it's like, you know, when you put yourself out there, you know, a lot of people are going to agree and like it, and then a lot of people are, are going to disagree and have all sorts of issues with it. But what I'd like to, to ask is, with your near-death experience, do you think, and, and you were raised in, in a religious family, and I, I, I get that, but how has your near-death experience influenced or shaped your version of spirituality? Yeah, you know, for those familiar with the saying, it allowed me to beat to my own drum from a young age. And by that, it mean, you know, so much of our life, in order to... Uh, you know, do something, we have to become something. We don't recognize that a lot of what we're looking for is within our own backyard. And so the near-death experience was a great informant that a lot of what I was seeking wasn't in someone else or another teaching. It can be found that, not to knock that, but that I already had a lot of answers within. And so I believe that prayer you know, is talking to God, the meditation is listening. And so from a young age, I was a great listener, you know, to wisdom, to intuition. And I think I was able to embody who I was. And so much mm -hmm. of identity 
is the is the world creating our mind and not our mind creating our world and so the near-death experience is a very em- empowering life transformational event but i don't believe that the soul is soul it's not alone it's here to act and my goal is if I'm known as the afterlife guy, I won't be happy. I want people to remember <laughs> themselves as afterlife people and see that reflected in you know, life after breath and other experiencers. Yeah. I mean, I want to take a short break if we could. But before we go to a break, um, could tell folks how they can get a copy of the book and find out more about you. Yeah, you could purchase my book on Amazon. That's, you know, a lot of the sales. Or you could ask for a signed copy through my website at jacoblcooper.com. That's jacoblcooper.com. And let's take a short break. You know, one of the things I want to get back to for those of you out are, are listening, there's something early in the book that I found so absolutely powerful. And if you read about Jacob's covenant and you read about the message he heard, that by itself is the life's journey, I bet, filled with potholes, ups, downs, and sideways. When we come back, we'll talk about that and talk about how they shows up in so many ways. Let's take a short break. Jacob, our producer, Jacob, let's take a short break. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you and your significant other have lost their initial spark? Then let Coach Martez and Wadrina guide you to strengthen your love and reignite that spark on the Coach Martez and Wadrina Layton Show on Transformation Talk Radio. Understanding love, accepting truth, and changing perspective. For more information, make sure you go to dreambuilderscoaching.net. That is dreambuilderscoaching.net. Melissa Johnson is a certified life coach, author, speaker, and creator of WOW Ministries, Worship Over Worry, designed to give you the tools needed to live a life of purpose. You have a choice daily to worry about your life and give up the fight or decide to worship God through your pain and triumph victoriously. Melissa Johnson offers a variety of books, curriculums, and programs to guide you through a self-discovery journey. Book your consultation with Melissa Johnson today at wowministriesllc.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune into, and that's when I realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. And me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Hey everybody, I'm Mark Anthony and I'm here with my co-host Dr. Pat and we are the Psychic and the Doc and we have Jacob Cooper, author of Life 
after breath. And uh, Jacob is is a fascinating man. He's not only had a near-death experience, but he's devoted his life to helping people. He's a Reiki master, a social worker, and a hypnotherapist who specializes in past life regression. Okay, Jacob. Now, you know, when, when you go to college, I mean, how, do you just say, I think I want to specialize in past life regression therapy? How did that happen? Yeah, you know, I think it was very much in alignment with my life path and my work as a therapist. And what I saw was, you know, with within psychotherapy, we could help people, but to a certain point. And hypnosis yeah. was great because it was almost kind of like that last stop on the train where you tried every form of therapeutic intervention and there were still blockages with, you know, something a little bit uh, complex, but called the subconscious mind. And so, past life regression, I was really inspired by the works of, you know, Dr. Brian Weiss, a Yale-trained psychiatrist who was yeah. really, you know, pivotal in mainstreaming and uh, giving a lot of capital, you know, and weight to past life regression, but also from reading a lot of the breakthroughs that came through this form of intervention. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, one of the things, boy, you said it so well. I mean, as a matter of fact, I was telling Mark that, you know, when I graduated and had to decide on, you know, a clinical path, I moved to the state of Washington and I realized as I was filing for my license that I couldn't talk about spirituality here at the time. Mm. And as a matter of fact, I could get in some trouble, you know, if I talked about spirituality or even astrology at that mm. time. And that wasn't very long ago. And I just decided I can't do it. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to do that. Mm. And so, you know, these are the decisions we make. But, you know, I was reading about your covenant and your covenant and, and, and what you describe in the book mm. and what, what that gift was to you by your team. Right. Of really looking at thoughts yeah. and looking at them not just as looking, but carving out a way of life for that. Can you talk to that for a minute? Yeah, you know, I think so much of us trust in our fear over the infinite love inside of us and around us. In a sense that my NDE reminded myself that there was this beautiful intelligence that pathed, you know, my life. And that intelligence is greater than my own limited fears and awareness. So I think a lot of our life could be shaped by our faith, our trust, and our knowing, you know, in confidence in this higher power that guided our life. And it's kind of like what Albert Einstein spoke about, you know, is the universe an ambivalent place, a loving place, or an untrustworthy place? And our life is very much an answer to that. I think that's very important in today's times where there's so many different reasons to lose all kinds of faith. But this has nothing to do with what's outside of us, but rather to do with what's inside. For what's inside lasts. You know, this is just an experience, but kind of like what Wayne Dyer would speak about. You take an orange, you squeeze it out, you get orange juice. And we take who we are, you get infinite consciousness, eternity, and we go on. And so the... the with the near-death experience, it's often you ha you're told that it's not your time, that you're to go. You're given a choice like I did 
but I don't think you would have a near-death experience if you stayed there. You'd probably have death experience. So that way. You know, well, that, you know, that, when, that, when yeah. you said that, you know, you got me thinking about Passover and near-death experiences. Think about it. Passover, death was everywhere. The angel of death was striking down the firstborn, mm-hmm. and yes. and uh, the Israelites who put the blood above, uh, you know, the doorpost, mm-hmm. um, they were passed over. Same thing in an NDE. You come right up to the threshold of death, mm. and then you are passed over. You you go back. So that's that's very powerful. And and tonight is is Holy Thursday, which according to the Christian tradition, Thursday was the Passover supper that Jesus had with his apostles, which was the Last Supper. So I always like, and you do this too, um, Jacob. Um, you draw the parallels and the overlaps between the different belief systems, because when you get all the the ego and the control of the people who run religions out of the way, and you get to the spirituality, it's exactly what you were saying. It's about the soul. It's the spirituality. It's the letting go. And, and, you know, we, we talk about this quite a bit on this show. I mean, Dr. Pat and I, you know, we have a whole myriad of guests. And then when we have the call-in shows, many people um, call in. And, you know, it's their desire to, to have that connection with the infinite, with, with the souls. So I appreciate you, you bringing that up. So I want to get back to, though, the past life regression therapy. So does that mean that you do hyp- hypnosis sessions with people and access their prior lives yes you know and it worked similar to those familiar with psychoanalytic work where yes we go to past lives but we also do something called an age regression which is within this lifetime and we go back so it's kind of like a train and you go back practice you know from the left from the linear mind to understand time because we know on that side there is no time which is mind-boggling to our linear minds but you go back into this, you know, lifetime and go back to different events. Then you go to the point in which you entered this lifetime. And then we do kind of, I do similar stuff. To, if you're familiar with doc, Dr. Michael Newton's work, some of the life between lives and the other side, you know, and then we guide people to, to different, you know, past lives. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. I've, I've been loving, you know, just sitting back and seeing what happens. Yeah. All right. So any juicy stories from anybody's past lives? You know, I was doing a regression and another colleague of mine had the same experience. And I know, you know, Mark, you're a, a historian and intellect and a theologian, too. So you'd appreciate this. You were doing a, a regression in a group and someone looked at each other and they both had an experience that they knew was in ancient wow. Egypt and instantaneously they looked at each other and another colleague of mine had that same thing. And so, you know, it makes sense because that was one of the longest historical periods, you know, in our yeah. time was ancient yeah. Egypt, but it was just this knowing that they stopped their, their group regression and they just knew that they saw each other and they had that mm. knowing, uh, which, which was great. But, you know, it works on so many different levels, There's so much versatility to it for understanding who we are, our life's purpose. And also, you know, people, when they hear near-death experience, they want that. And I'm sure Mark, you could attest to this. It's not something yeah. you necessarily want because of the trauma involved and yeah. how complex it makes your life. Oh, yeah. But when you have re- past life aggressions, 
you turn a belief in reincarnation into a knowing yeah. that yeah. we go on, you know, lifetime in and lifetime out in different bodies. So it's an expanded awareness that people could be empowered in the very least yeah and yeah. you went through that i mean you know you talk about your experience and i love this because you know i've often shared about how my favorite uh uh friday afternoon was with dr jacoby uh not really but you talk about how you became weird to all your friends you know how you felt alienated from this world and i think that is it was so important to mention that in, in your story because, you know, here you are, this young person, and the world that you had now became awkward. You know, your friends looked at you differently. Right. But you yeah. talked about the light, then the light was there, a door from another place. So you were caught from what I, what I picked up. You know, you were caught between places. I think mm -hmm. at one point you said, I tried to walk through the door. What was that like? as a young person yeah you know i had an experience in my nde where literally my brain cracked open and that's when god and spirit came in and i don't wish that on anyone no but from that experience i understood the brain as a filter not a producer yeah. of of life and so after that within preschool i was having all of these I was like a mini Mark. I was having all these interdimensional communication and experiences. And one day I turned to a classmate to see if that classmate was able to see what I saw. And I got like a, du a Dwayne Johnson look. And <laughs> I suffocated in my NDE due to whooping cough. But that suffocation lasted you know, almost two decades until I was able to take ownership. So I think in order to survive, I almost had to like put this in the filing cabinet because of the pace of the world but to thrive i needed to own it yeah and you know that's that's you know it, it, it's, it's like that beach ball that needed to come up in its time yeah. you know it, it's a good point because um all three of us can relate to it's hard enough being a kid but then when you're a weird kid Right. You know, and, and we're all weird because of our, you know, of our abilities, our experiences, uh, what we've been through. I remember, you know, being in junior high school and wishing I was just, you know, one of the guys that just fit in, you know, like everybody else. And you know, now it's like I realized that, that that wasn't my path. And for the people who whose path that is, that, that's wonderful for them. You know, but but what you've done in, in your work, Jacob, and in your book is bring to light that it's okay to be that weird kid. Yeah. What does a leaf in water ever add to life? Now you generate your own current. That's what we're supposed to do. That is. And yeah. uh, I think that's a beautiful position. It's funny how we're in different positions of life and we look at it totally different. Where you know, if we had who we are today, we would go back to that childhood self and say, be that weird self because that is your job yeah. you know that's what you're here to do is to shake things up yeah. i'd be like do that and when you see amazon come up on the stock exchange buy it. <laughs> wait a minute wait and, a minute and, and Apple. Oh, yeah. my. well the greatest i'll tell you the greatest mistake i ever made is moving to the pacific northwest and tell me to say and somebody telling me you should get that starbucks stock and i was yeah. like coffee that's not like regular with cream and sugar like in new york i should buy that oh my goodness 
right? I, I, I had a family member that was about to invest in Apple right before the oh. iPod. Oh, no. And they just were told by a stockbroker, no. Oh, no. And so, I mean, I'd be sitting prettier, you know, if that happened, but it, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the one thing that people don't understand about near-death experiences, right? Because we have this way to categorize people and things that happen. And so every person that has a near-death experience must be psychic or must have the ability to predict or must be like Daniel in the Bible or whatever that is. But because of the way these, you know, the stories are being told, your book, Mark's book, you know, people get to experience their own version of what this means, you know, because in the end, I think you're right. If we could all go back to those moments, right? That we had an event in our lives that caused us to wake up from a different mm-hmm. and honor that journey. But I got to tell you, when I'm reading your book, you are so much more comfortable from the way you're, I, I'm reading this. It, it, you listen to that inner voice. You know, there was so much that you're sharing in the book that's going to allow people to take a second look at what they're feeling ashamed of with this. Because there's a lot of guilt and shame that gets imposed on people that have experiences like this. I think the greatest spiritual teachers aren't teachers. They're just mirrors. That's right. And, you (laughs) know, they just allow people to see that beauty. And we talk about oneness all the time. It's like a big new age talking point. But some people, they'll put certain souls up on a pedestal. They'll say, I'm one with you, but I can't be one with that. And so the beauty that we see is just a reflection, you know, uh, of what's within. And I made a post today that spirituality is not selectivity. I think we have a selection with what is and what isn't. But spirituality is being able, much like the near-death experience, to see that beauty in all things, you know. So (laughs) behind what meets the surface and and challenging as it is, but... um, I mean, I know I come from, you know, families in Holocaust, and that was one of the worst moments in modern day history. But I look at someone like a Viktor E. Frankl, you know, oh, man yeah. searched for meeting who talked about ultimate freedom, and he He's found like that in the ultimate oppressive time. And, oh. it, it, you know, there's an inner world that we could have. And I love what Wayne Dyer would say is you want to check in your life. If you're looking and focusing, on the outside, there's a lot of discomfort. So we want to be informed, but not enslaved. But we're looking inward. You know, that's where a lot of the peace and answers come from. You know, life begins. Yeah. Um, I want to take a short break. But before we do, again, please tell people how they can get a copy of your book and how they can find out more about you, Jacob. Yeah. Life After Breath is available on Amazon. And you could visit my website for further information at jacoblcooper.com. That's jacoblcooper.com. And maybe when we come back, we can get Jacob to talk about St. Cecilia. Just wondering if he might. Let's take a short break. We all, all of us, we all got saints. Let's take a short Mm -hmm. break. We'll be right back. Not just talk, conversation for profound self-awareness. Stick with us. Your best life awaits 
on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you live your best life. The Live the Good Life Show, connecting your physical and spiritual self every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Find Sabrina at the right, W-R-I-G-H-T, balance.com. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Psychic in the Dark with me and Mark Anthony. Hey, Mark, let folks know how they can find out more about you. And then we're going to hop over to Jacob, our fantastic guest today. Oh, absolutely. Um, please visit my website, afterlifefrequency.com, which is just like my new book, Afterlife Frequency. And I invite everyone to sign up for my newsletter. And um, on my the um, homepage of my website under calendar of events, you'll see how you can vote for my book is up for uh, the cover award uh, book of the year. So uh, you can go go to that. So that's afterlifefrequency.com. But now back to you, Jacob. And if people want to find out about Jacob's book, Life After Breath, go to jacoblcooper.com and you can find out about his book and about getting an autographed copy of it. Let me tell you something, folks. I would not have endorsed it if it was not a great book. Now, look, before the break, I, I brought up St. Cecilia for a minute. And the reason I did that is I think that if you really take a look at stories that are told, like the one that you're telling, there's a saint of some kind that shows up, whether it's a saint that's a relative or a saint that's a dog or a saint that's a friend or a saint that's really a saint. Somewhere along the way, these people show up in our lives. I think we all have them, right? Uh, for me, it was my stepmom that stopped my dad from sending me to therapy because I was seeing dead people and talking to Jesus. So she jumped in and said, we're not spending any money on therapy. You're wasting your time. But out of all this, once in a while, we'll have an experience where we get to a St. Cecilia. And I, I just thought it would be interesting for you to talk a little bit about that, because I found this a really interesting chapter in the book. I didn't yeah. expect it to be in the book. I didn't expect to have a conversation like that as I was reading this in the book. I didn't expect it to be a conversation about marginalized and oppression. Mm. And I was very thrilled and saddened by it but it's part of the journey isn't it right well i always love an author by the name of dan millman he wrote a book you know a peaceful warrior yeah. you know yeah. and 
when reading that book, you know, Dan talks about his relationship with, uh, you know, a, a guy named Socrates, uh, Socrates, you know, which was kind of like his guru or which really means his, his teacher, which yeah. came out of unexpected places. And I always wanted that from reading that. And then shortly after, within my own family, I had some that I just totally overlooked that it was just kind of there, but I didn't look closely enough. And I had, you know, this, this beautiful aunt in my family that I recognized was kind of like my near-death experience was, you know, all things were in this backyard in this beautiful playground, which I actually had my near-death experience in a playground and a ladder and a slide. That's a whole other thing. But she was my, she was my mentor. She taught, you know, people like, uh, what's his name? Jose Feliciano, who sung mm-hmm. the song Feliz Navidad, mm-hmm. but yeah. she was a teacher of those who are visually impaired. But she lived that on a literal basis. She was into all this work and she was a studious Virgo, but she would see the unseen. And at the time, I, you know, I was not a good student. I once applied to my, my sister's school where she was like the star student. And I wrote an essay and they said, you're, 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 you're the brother. You, this, you're not material for our school. Uh, but she once picked up my writing and she says, you are a great writer. And I'm like, at the time, I was in the lowest level of remedial courses in a community college. But again, that was her. She saw past the surface. And she saw the unseen. <clears throat> but what was beautiful about her was she gave me one last message about soul family. Um, at, I heard so much about it, and she would give me all the readings from Sylvia Brown to all these other you know, you know, people that, that, that influenced her. But as she was having deathbed visions when she was about to leave her body, she left one last message, which was, if you look at a family portrait, you know, people might look different, but you look at the eyes and the depths of it, there's something connecting people. And I just thought, all right, that's kind of cool, whatever. But then I was getting a reading, you know, and her name, St. Cecilia, came in. She's like, I'm connecting to St. Cecilia. And I, I knew that's how she would come to me. But she's like, why am I keep on hearing the word picture? Picture, what is that message? And I just knew that was her message about soul family and how deep its roots are beyond this body, beyond this lifetime. So the point I try to make is a lot of things that we're looking for are in our own backyard. We just have to take a look at it at a closer level, much like our soul. You know, we just bypass all these things and we, we try to become something else than what we truly yeah. are. Yeah, and I love the way you end the chapter because I think you say something like, despite being a black sheep in the family, right, you know, this was a way for you to uh, understand the pack. I think you use the word pack, right? Mm. That family that goes at a deeper level where you can't really dismiss in words, you can't really dismiss a telepathic connection. And, uh, my fear is that in the digital world we live in, this may become a lost art for so many. And I'm hoping that somehow that all of the digitalness that's going on allows us to explore more of what is untapped into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mark? Oh, um, absolutely. And, you know, I like what, what you're saying is, you know, we, we can't really get away from the soul. And we shouldn't get away from the soul, but people tend to ignore that so much. And uh, Jacob, have you found um, in in reflecting upon your NDE? Because you know, I, I realize that when you have an NDE, and, and like you, I had one as a toddler. 
um, it's always there to some extent. And, and it, it, it it's always is something that I can look back to for source of inspiration. But I think what happens is that the soul is, is representative of the light. And the light cannot be polluted, but it can be blocked, and it gets blocked by by the human ego. Now, what in, in your work, um, not only just as an NDE researcher, but also as a therapist, how have you seen the interplay of the ego with the soul? Mm. You know, I think particularly with conflict, that's kind of where I work a lot, where a lot of times the ego wants to be right and the soul wants to create harmony. And harmony is the new right in our world. You know, sadly, we, if we think that we are, if we really connect to the ego, we see ourselves as separate. And if I'm right, you're wrong, that's a win. But from the soul, that is a setback. And so I think the soul recognizes the value of harmony, the value of that. And it's particularly in today's world where, you know, there's two, we're split and fragmented in so many ways. We have to get back to our roots. We have to get back to that. We have to get back to finding that middle ground, finding that harmony between us amongst all the differences, you know, that really melt away at the end of the day, you know? So I think it's allowing people to move past, you know, this right and wrong game, but also, um, you know, it's about surrendering to surrendering to, a possibility of looking at life in a different way. You know, we say checking the ego and finding a way to see things in a differently and changing the way we look at things, allowing, allows the things that we look at to change. And uh, I think that deals with a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy and reframing, but letting that ego go is important in terms of stretching ourselves in our life. I have another question. Have you done hypnotherapy sessions with fellow NDEers, other people that have had near-death experiences? Not yet. I've run, you know, a good deal of support groups for near-death experiences, which I found fascinating. But I know I once heard what you said, and maybe you could agree with this or disagree, but we label a lot of these terms from NDEs, spiritually trans, you know, transformative experiences, shared death experiences, but it's all kind of, you know, many pass up the mountain, but a similar light, yeah. just kind of different. Uh, but, but not that would be of interest, particularly to regress the person back to that mm-hmm. and to kind of heal a lot of, uh, you know, the trauma. I've done a lot of that work in my life through my own psychotherapy. And that's been helpful, but not, I haven't had a client yet of that. Yeah. I just think that, you know, uh, when we were here talking about this, I just thought that would be a really fascinating. I agree. It could even be a basis for yet another book. Just Well, I I think it's fascinating because I think it's fascinating because it helps connect the dots. No, I did a past life regression that pointed to a very early incident in my life, which I never put it together. I have a giant scar on my forehead and nobody would ever tell me where I got it. Um, And so I did a, I I think I did it with Wendy. I can't remember exactly who I've done a couple and my uncle was alive. And so I was able to go back to my only living relative, Hmm. my only living relative. And find out from him what happened then. 
you know, what happened at that age? Because what I remembered was jumping on a bed, hitting, I lived in the projects, jumping on a bed and hitting a radiator. And that's what came out. And when I went to my uncle, he was like an Italian. He was like, la, 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 sacrilege. I mean, he would just went off about mm. it. And then when he calmed down, he gave me the truth. And that's what I love about this, because people spend a lifetime not understanding where the gaps are. And mm. you go through life as a young person, ADD, ADHD, you're on the spectrum, you're slow. You can, I mean, just a million things are happening right now with people. But if we could have a way to help people connect the dots, because a lot of times the truth of things is hidden, like the truth of one of the family members seeing dead people or seeing people. And I think that's why this book and what Mark does, what you both do, is so important. Because I think the age of shame is no longer the game. I think all of us have to really support each other and support others that go through experiences like this. And they will get that from your book, Jacob. Yeah. They will clearly get from the way you wrote this book. Because you could have written this book in a million other ways, but you didn't. You know, you right, focus right. on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Every I think, part of I it. think I think what happens is we have a lot of transference of our parents onto God and, <laughs> th you know, and so in our world. And so this hopefully could allow people to repair some of the relationship with God or with spirituality to reframe it and to recognize that we have the ability to see things yeah. in a different way. And that's the beauty of transformational experiences. We have these shakeup periods mm. that allow us that we kind of hold on to this reality of what we're viewing life in, but that life is not closed-ended, it's open-ended. Mm -hmm. And near-death experience having that didn't give me a monopolization of truth, but rather a quest to see it and expand it every day that I'm here on this earth and beyond. Mm. Yeah. Well, keep writing and keep speaking for sure. You know, because uh, everything from beginning to end of the book, even your acknowledgement section of the book, I thought, wow, it's so important that we do take moments to really think. I thank my uncle every day for sharing the truth in the later years of his life. And I found out why this experience was never told to my parents, why the hospital records were never told, why my uncle paid everybody off because my sister 12 years older than me, was supposed to be watching me. And she had been in trouble so many times as a teenager for not doing it. My uncle, my uncle described in half Italian, I had to have a translator later, half Italian, half English, the, greater, the greatest family cover-up you've ever heard. But thank goodness for him to finally tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness for you and Mark being a truth teller. Right, Mark? Well, it's, it's important for all of us to, to share our stories because there's people out there that don't have the support groups that, that we've had. And in all of us, you know, when we were, were young, it was very difficult for us. And so what have we done? We've gone into professions 
where we are providing a safe haven for people who've had an NDE, who've, you know, are in recovery, who've had, you know, atrocious things happen to them as a child, who want to communicate with, with loved ones in spirit, who are challenging the social stigmas of, of doing these things. And so for the people who don't have that, that it's important for us to tell our truth. And that's what you've done, Jacob. That's what you do, Dr. Patton. That, you know, that's what I, I strive to do as well. And, you know, and Jacob, that's one of the reasons that Dr. Pat and I decided to do this show. We wanted to do something that was different than anything else where, you know, everybody um, can come and, and tell their story. Yeah. So that's why we really appreciate you coming on uh, the show tonight. And I, I would look forward to having you come back and talk about other other things. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, because you've got a whole myriad of, of topics to discuss with your background. And um, I understand you're working on a new book. Can you give us any glimpses? All right, sneak peek. Yeah. Well, I can't call it Glimpses of Eternity. That's Raymond's book, Raymond Moody's book. <laughs> I, I, that's one of my favorite titles. You know, outside of, I got Mark's books here, The Afterlife Frequency. Right, right. Never oh Let gosh. It Go. And I got Evidence of Eternity. Oh, thank All you. three. <laughs> I call them the Holy Trinity. They're wonderful books. Uh, but my oh, next book you. is called The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. And nice, I'm, that's in nice. I'm in the editorial process right now of it and very excited. And um, I view life after breath as karma, as kind of like the story where the wisdom of Jacob's ladder is the dharma, is the message, is the yeah. meaning, is a lesson. And um, I, I find, you know, that that gives me life is, is finding something at hand to, to work on a project. It keeps me alive. You know, it keeps me going. I'm very grateful to be you know, in this time of life where that's accepted and embraced, you know, it's, 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 I, I'm sure you feel the same way to be alive right now. Oh yeah. Many people are complaining, but uh, there's a double-edged no. sword to it. It's a great time of freedom to, to take ownership and to make impact. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're right. I mean, those of us that have parents that were locked up or drugged to the point of suicide because they were different. We understand that that was a time where this conversation, uh, they'd be coming, they'd be knocking on our doors right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd be put in the blue room, so yeah. Oh, don't even <laughs> bring true. that room up. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. having a hot flash. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you all. Mark, last words? Yeah. Everybody, we're coming up on Passover, on Easter, and this is the time to follow the teachings of our faith about peace, love, and understanding. And with that, um, I want to bid everyone a beautiful night. Pray for peace throughout the world. And Dr. Pat and I will be back next week because it's our Earth Day show. So be a force of nature next Thursday on The Psychic and the Doc. Good night, everybody. Thank Good night, you. Everybody. Namaste. Thank you, Jacob, and Good night, everybody. Thank you. 
Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning in to The Psychic in the Dark with Mark Anthony and me, Dr. Pat Basile, right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, look, come back next week so we can explore with you more of life's many challenges and learn from fascinating guests. And you know what? Even Mark and me. We'll connect you and discover insights from people in this life and from the afterlife. Extraordinary problems? Yeah, they do. They require extraordinary solutions. But step into the world of possibilities with us on The Psychic and the Doc. That's every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com. That's TransformationTalkRadio.com. And don't forget, we're also live face-to-face on Facebook.com. Transformation Talk Radio.